Okay, wow, that was needlessly complicated to get this started. Hey guys, this is Brad and Mike from Dallas Geek, and um, we are terribly sorry for coming to you uh, incredibly late, but we're here now. What happened, Brad? So, uh, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, how you doing today? <sighs> I'm alive, Brad. I'm alive. Well, so, you know. That's comforting. Gonna count that as a win, and yeah, we're gonna count that as a win, and you know, move forward, I guess. Okay. How are you doing today? We'll say about the same. <laughs> Good. Uh, and on that note, uh, if you are watching, thank you so much for joining us, uh, even as late as we are. Um, we do appreciate it, and uh, you know, want to just put out our daily reminder: uh, if you have not already done so. Please go ahead and reach out to a friend and uh, check in on them, see how they're doing, and you know, just uh, have some fun. Uh, don't just uh, stay inside and uh, be completely antisocial. So you know, be social while not being physically together. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we are now back with uh, round two for our uh, three time a week live streams uh, during the, uh, you know, uh, being stuck at home stuff. So uh, today, uh, Mike, what is our topic? Um, no. Helpful. Uh, would it have yeah. to be no, something about uh, movies? Maybe? Yes, possibly. yes. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, the movie industry. Um, where it's at right now, where we think it's going to be going. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, so just uh, to jump on into it. Um, actually, real quick, if you have not already, mm -hmm. please be sure to uh, like and subscribe or follow us over on Facebook. Uh, we do appreciate it. And uh, you know, be sure to share our videos with your friends. We would love to be able to it be introduced to more people uh, try to get our stuff out there so you know always got to do the, uh, the the quick early shill for the show <laughs> uh, but gotta make sure somebody's watching us right exactly uh, but with that um, <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and jump right on into it and that is uh, talking about uh, what's happening with the movie industry right now uh, so real quick uh, the big thing that's going on with the movie industry as a whole is they don't really know what's going on. Um, they have movie premieres that, you know, big, big movie premieres, you know, for some of the studios that have been pushed back to later in the year, others that have been indefinitely canceled or rescheduled or whatever, and yet others that have just uh, been skipped entirely and gone straight to streaming to try to get something going for them. Um, and to be able to say that that is a very different kind of uh, normal for the movie industry would be a bit of an understatement because it's not just the premieres and our experience as the uh, viewers that ha is changing. It is the actual people behind making the movies and running the theaters and everything uh, whose whole sense of normal uh, has changed because of this. So, uh, Mike, where do you want to start with this? Yeah, so I think the 
I guess the best place to start is is kind of so the industry as a whole was projecting this was going to be a big drop off year anyway. Um, you had Endgame last year. You had the rise of Skywalker. Uh, it was a record-setting year for the industry, and then they were expecting a pretty sizable drop-off in terms of box office returns. But we're seeing figures now this may be like the lowest box office in over 20 years. Yeah. Um, which is pretty sizable considering we are, what, we're April right now? Yeah. And um, that early into the movie season, they're already projecting that it's going to be that big of a fall-off. Well, I mean, you got to keep in mind that normally for the movie season, April is about when all the big movies start coming out. And if right. they don't really know when those can come out, I mean, expected box office sales are going to be very unpredictable at this point because maybe they right. will come out later, but if it's third, fourth quarter of the year, um, that's going to be a very different uh, take home for everybody involved with the movies. Yeah, yeah, and that's and you kind of touched on it there for a second. We're going to go into a little more detail here in a second, but we've already seen movies that were supposed to be projected big box office pullers delayed indefinitely. Yeah. Like, they don't know when they're coming out. Um, like you said, we've seen movies pushed an entire year just for the sake of pushing it an entire year to let all of this clear up and then also to see a better box office return. Um so everything is very much up in the air right now um we're gonna speculate a little bit later but there's there's even talk that we're not gonna have a summer movie season this year yeah which so i mean that's kind of a, a has been a ongoing staple for ever it, it seems like as just part of the movie going experience well so to i mean just to give you an idea uh black widow has been moved from May until November. Brad, when was the last time you can remember a Marvel film not coming out in April, May, or June? I honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean, even back before Marvel Studios was Marvel Studios, they still were having, you know, that normal April to June-ish window for their releases. Yeah. Yeah, especially with, um, you know, the first Iron Man was a May release, and then the first Avengers was a May release. Yeah. And then Avengers 2. Uh, and then Avengers Infinity War Endgame. Endgame was April. Um, but yeah, we've seen we've seen Marvel pretty much own the April to June window. They've dropped at least one film in there. I think for the last decade. Yeah. And we don't have it this year. And that's a I think that's a pretty big eye opener right there is when they announced that uh, Black Widow was going all the way to November. It was kind of one of those where it's like, whoa. So, like, the biggest movie universe in the industry right now isn't dropping anything for essentially what is going to be close to, what, Spider-Man was July of last year, so we're going to go a year and a half, let's say, without a Marvel movie? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, so we do actually have a uh, comment in our uh, Facebook uh, here about the... Uh, uh, the the streaming services, movies, and miniseries being a, a big thing that is becoming a, a more of a focus right now, which is part of the the norm on everything. Which, right? I mean, yeah, those have always been a thing that people have gotten excited for, but now they have a whole new weight to them, which uh, 
Yeah. Right. Thanks for that, Craig. That's actually uh, is something that is very worthwhile to pay attention to right now because I mean, you even have uh, Scorsese uh, jumping over to streaming to be able to do some stuff. So, I mean, yep. is that going to be what we have to look forward to? And is that going to be the same well, kind of think... livelihood that uh, the people that make the movies uh, can actually rely on? Right. Well, you saw, well, you remember Michael Bay's last film was a was a Netflix exclusive. So Netflix is actually going out and getting these directors with names to come in and do their next film directly through the streaming services. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's that's... What's going on right now is going to be a very good indicator of where we see that going. Yeah. And as you and I both know, and everybody else, Scorsese only makes films, and Scorsese only makes cinema, and craps all over everything that isn't, so. Hmm. So yeah, that, that is going to be very interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think that uh, one of the big things that everybody... Uh, that's been talking about this has been kind of overlooking uh, is the effect on all aspects of it because right now uh, everybody keeps talking about well the studios and what happens to the studios what happens to the filmmakers what happens to the actors and while that obviously especially for like the up-and-coming uh, directors upcoming actors that's gonna be a pretty significant hit for them mm -hmm. uh, what's going to be even more devastating is going to be where the movies go after that where they get released you have your uh, your movie theaters you have your um, the the handful of uh, rental stores that still exist out there you have uh, you know all of those direct to consumer options for viewing that are now just taking massive hits I mean uh, that that is a very you know you don't really have the same kind of oh well attitude about that I mean especially if you're looking at a, a small uh, hometown theater that may be going out of business because they just can't keep uh, showing movies right now yeah no so that's that's the big thing um, with rumors swirling that AMC is about to file for bankruptcy with everything that's going on like people need to remember these theaters have to pay to get these movies into their theaters to show them. Yeah. They don't get them for free. So like you just said, what's going to happen to, not the chains, but what's going to happen to the, I don't want to say the one-offs, but like the smaller chains. Like here in Dallas, where we are, you have the you have the Angelica. Mm -hmm. You have stuff like the Majestics. Like you have, you have those kind of art house theaters all around the country that are kind of one and two offs, like what's going to happen to them? That's the real big, those are the ones that are gonna be hit really hard by this. Yeah. And those are the ones, cause those are the theaters also that will show those kind of not blockbusters, smaller film. Like I can't count the number of films that I've seen with, you know, friends at those smaller theaters. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, like, like movies, movies that ended up coming out for a ride release a couple months later but we saw them a couple months before they got traction they got word of mouth and then they got an actual theatrical release like what's going to happen to those theaters that's the one that we really have to we really have to wait and see what's going to happen yeah well i mean like even uh theaters like uh alamo draft house that you know they aren't exactly a tiny theater but they're not you know cinemark uh or amc massive uh even they're having issues right now 
with having to uh, lay off or temporarily furlough a lot of their employees because they just can't afford to keep paying them right now. Um, I mean, that is going to be a very big hit. I mean, especially like Alamo specifically is going to be a problem because I mean, they are the largest privately held uh, 35 millimeter and 70 millimeter film archive outside of the government. And right. to be able to say that they are now going to be uh, looking at some financial issues uh, and potential solvency problems, that that's massive. I mean, that that's so much film history that could just kind of fall to the wayside because the movie business is not doing so well. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny, I didn't think of it from that aspect, but yeah, like there's, I don't know, man, it's, you know, to go back to something that was in our notes earlier, you know, Disney announced that they're releasing one of their big summer movies directly to Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, Artemis Fowl, but so what's, God, what happens if that's super successful because of everything that's going on? Like, are we going to see... I don't want to say we're going to see the complete and total death of the movie theater going experience, but there were people that were already, there were people that already didn't like going to the theaters as it was. Yeah. And now on demand, if on demand takes off like this, Disney Plus has already shown that it's blowing up. If we actually start getting new content, like within say a week of release, who's going to say that people don't wait that week and just sit home and watch it? Exactly. Um, now, I will say that uh, I, I think Kevin Smith had a very interesting take on the Artemis Fowl side of things, where, yes, Artemis Fowl had uh, quite a bit that they needed to try to make back from their production, uh, but at the same time, when you compare total cost and potential benefit of Artemis Fowl to something like Black Widow or uh, Star Wars, um, there are very different stakes involved in what will or will not come back to uh, the studio. Um, yes, it would be unfortunate if Artemis Fowl does not end up making its total production cost back, but it wouldn't be devastating per se, uh, which is why right now we're seeing things like um, you know, uh, Frozen 2 and onward were put immediately to uh, streaming uh, well ahead of schedule um, and not even trying to pretend like they're, they're attempting to get more money from ticket sales or DVDs and Blu-ray sales or whatever. Um, even just uh, online streaming sales uh, that they're not even attempting it because it's just, it's not worthwhile. But you're, uh, if you noticed, Rise of Skywalker still hasn't hit Disney Plus, but you can go ahead and still try to purchase it uh, from places, right. which is a very interesting thing to uh, if you're looking at it from which one had the higher potential to earn money for the studio to keep things going. Um, yeah, we all hate the fact that Rise of Skywalker isn't on streaming yet and that we don't have access to it yet. But realistically, if they can continue to make money off of it uh, to try to stem the, uh, the the cash just disappearance that they're uh, experiencing right now, 
and if that ends up keeping a few more jobs to be able to still have a studio that can afford to do some of the smaller films and not just exclusively the big blockbusters to try to make up for what's going on right now, maybe it's worth it. Yeah, and, and look, and there's still a possibility, maybe we see a strategy that we haven't thought of. Like, what if what if Onward and Frozen 2 get re-released to theaters after everything has gone down? What if Artemis Owl gets a theatrical release because they saw positive streaming numbers on Disney Plus and maybe they think, hey, let's throw it on a couple screens as like a limited release and see if people want to go and experience that theater going experience with it. Yeah. And if it does well enough, then we'll do a wide release with it as well. Yeah, and that is always uh, a possibility. Now, whether or not that ends up uh, coming through to do anything uh, for the general audience and actually mean something right. to a general uh, audience, I don't know. I mean, as far as I know, the a general audience could look at an attempt to re-release something that they've already had open access to, and it's just, you, you don't get what you're hoping for out of that. I don't know. Right. So, another big thing that we haven't really talked about yet is what's going to happen to the to the film festival mm. with everything that's going yeah. on. Like, South by Southwest has already been canceled. Yep. Um, Con has already come out and said that basically Con as it normally exists cannot exist this year yeah. as it normally would. So they're, they haven't delayed it, they've postponed it, but they basically said that what, in whatever capacity it comes back, it won't come, out, come back as the normal con film festival that we're known and used to saying. What happens if that has a permanent effect? Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I, I think that could be... It's a... I mean, that's when you get into the argument about what is the benefit of the film festivals. Because there is right. there's a segment of the movie-making community that says that the, uh, the typical film festival does not actually benefit the, uh, the typical indie film. It is just going to be a publicity hype for the indie films that already were going to have some kind of major backing to begin with and your average uh, indie creator doesn't really have a shot at making a dent at any of the more prestigious festivals um, but then there's right. uh, the, the traditional audience for the film festivals that you know will testify about their benefit all day long will obviously come back and say that well Yes, that may be true to a certain extent, but there's still room for the true indie uh, maker to have a shot at getting that uh, that moment of discovery. And honestly, while I see both sides of that, I, I think that it's going to be a much more drastic underlying situation for what how, how are we going to define the indie filmmaking process. Because right now it's been right. based around the idea that the film festivals matter. Well, what happens if the film festivals aren't a thing? Does now streaming services become the bigger in, uh, influence on how well an indie film is received and what the focus is for marketing? Or do we see something entirely different? I don't know. Yeah, look, I think... So one of my favorite directors, and I think one of yours, Kevin Smith, Sundance. Yeah. Ryan Johnson. People really liked The Last Jedi. People really hated The Last Jedi. Yeah. 
Sundance. Yep. Like, there's two directors that are very well known amongst the nerd or geek or whatever you want to call it culture that pretty much owe their careers to film festivals. Yeah. Commit to this, they will say that if it wasn't for Sundance and it wasn't for getting his foot in the door, he doesn't know what he would be doing. So I think I think film festivals still serve a purpose for independent creators. Yeah. I guess would be the way to say it. Um, but I think it also serves as a purpose to kind of still show that there is creativity out there, and, and not every movie is just going to be a hundred million dollars worth of explosions. Sure. And I think that's something that we can't lose sight of, if that makes sense. Like that is something we have to still have a way for creators to have their stuff seen and you said like you said maybe streaming becomes a maybe maybe a studio says ah you know what maybe disney buys something up and says you know what to hell with it we'll throw it on disney plus and see what it gets yeah maybe maybe netflix scoops it up and says let's throw it on netflix or amazon throws it on amazon prime or hulu throws it on hulu plus or hell apple's trying to get their foot in the in the door with apple tv yeah or whatever the hell they're calling their streaming service um, so I think there's still, like you said, I think there's still avenues for directors and creators to get their content out there, but it's going to be very interesting to see what this ends up turning out to be in the long run. Yeah. And I mean, what, even if that ends up uh, working out for the indie creator, what happens to the, uh, the theaters? What, what, what yeah. additional options are available for them if people aren't physically coming into a theater to be able to uh, have their viewing experience is there another option for that whole business model to exist uh, can they actually benefit from streaming and try to transition into a uh, a digital service uh, as a theater or does that become uh, something else I mean do we end up seeing uh, an attempt to pivot into a resurgence of the drive-in movies uh, to try to make up for any potential future problems uh, like this exact situation if it comes back around after this all clears up in the first place. I mean, does that is that even a viable option anymore? I know that there are some drive-in theaters that are starting to find a whole new segment of uh, customers because that's the only option they have to actually go to a theater of some kind to be able to watch a movie. But, I mean, it, does that become the, the new, fresh thing again, or is there something else? I I mean, I don't know. I, I'd honestly be very interested to see if uh, there are any of our viewers that have a new or unique take on this that we, we haven't really thought about. Yeah, I think I think drive-ins are a really good example of maybe something that used to be the norm went away, yeah. and now we can kind of see that retro resurgence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think I think there's reports right now that you're seeing drive-ins kind of have a resurgence just because it's a way for people to get out of their house, go do something for a couple hours, and then they still don't have to even get out of the car to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess we will uh, have to see what happens, but I I'm intrigued, but also a bit uh, nervous at the same time because obviously you and I have a very strong passion yeah. for uh, the movie industry overall, and uh, we are personally invested in uh, what that future will hold because we do enjoy 
what it has been. Um, but I mean, I'm always open to new ideas for how to experience my entertainment. And if it turns out that some new creative options come out of this, I'd be okay with that. But I'm, I don't know how long that's gonna take to get to that point. Yeah, look, I still, as much as people like to say that they love being able to sit on the couch and, and watch a movie and not have, there's still movies that need to be experienced on the big screen. Yeah. I will say that until the day I die. Yeah. Like, you and I went and saw Dunkirk in theaters. Yep. 35 millimeter full screen Dolby surround sound. Holy hell, that was an amazing experience. Yeah. Like there, there are still like there are still there are still movies that are deemed to be like events. Yeah. To be experienced on the big screen in a full theater. Dude, I wouldn't trade seeing Endgame opening night with a full theater of people like literally standing up, throwing popcorn, and like screaming their lungs out. Like when the Avengers were charging Thanos' army and like at the end of the movie people are like openly weeping. Yeah. I was like, this is incredible. So I yeah, I, I mean unfortunately we don't really have any answers at this point because no. uh I, I think the only thing any of us can do is just wait to see what uh the the actual industry professionals come up with. But um Right. I think there are, there are a lot of questions worth asking right now, uh, both as a general audience and as uh, members of the creative industry that uh, contribute in some way uh, or form to the end experience. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see the conversations uh, and I'm excited to see what comes next. But in the meantime, I'm just glad to be able to start seeing these conversations happen in the first place. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Look, it's what's the old saying? Now it's time to hurry up and wait. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like that's all. That's all we're going to be able to do at this point. So. so. Yep. And on that note, uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap up for today uh, because I actually have a, uh, a a day job to get back to. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Nobody's working right now. What are you doing? Uh, with that, um, guys, if you made it to the end, thank you so much uh, for sticking around and listening to us uh, go on about our love for movies and the movie industry, and uh, you know, just uh, openly wondering what's going to happen next. So, um, if you are not already, please do not forget to like and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Facebook. Don't forget to follow us and share us with your friends. And um, until next time, this is Br Brad and Mike saying see ya.